If your wife's out of town and you're stuck folding that pesky fitted sheet, simply tuck one of the corners into the other corner, like so. Now take the third corner and tuck that in there as well. Wait, is no, this the third the corner? Fourth. Is this the, okay, that's that's the fourth corner. So this, this is the third. No, that's the second. No, this is the second because I put this one in here. So the first. Okay, one. I think you messed. I think the. Okay. Well, then this the is the first corner because the, it's a circle. Sure? It's just a circle. Okay. Just hold on. Let me. You you just you say it. I'll. Okay, I know stick which. Stick the first. Stick the first into the second. Yep. Stick the the second and first into the third. Stick the first into the second. Stick the second and first into the third. That's the fourth. Just wad it up. My name is Pastor Todd. So glad you were able to make it and hear me on this. I'd like to welcome all of our locations, West, East, and Prison, and everybody watching and listening online. So glad that you were able to make it because I have the joy, a little pun there, of speaking about joy. And so I hope today that as we walk through this, we begin to kind of wrestle with, okay, what does it mean to have joy and how do we have it? Because we've been going through this series called Life Hacks, where we've been going through how to. We've walked through how to have integrity, how to be content, how to leave a legacy. And then last week we talked about how to have discipline. So if you've missed any of those, I would encourage you, go check it out. Because I think this Life Hack series has actually been really good for a lot of this. So like I said, today the focus is how to have joy. And so I know all of us in here, we want joy, we want to experience it and have it. And so I hope by the end of the day, you'll be like, okay, now I know how to have it. But to start this off, I felt like we needed to kind of give two examples of a person who has it and then a person who doesn't. And so the first example of a person who has it turns out to be my daughter. Because if you know her, her name is Emma. She's four years old and she is full of joy. Every day she wakes up and is excited about life. And to help just show this, because you may be like, all right, whatever, man. No, 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 I have a video for you. Because you need to see this. It's amazing, watch this. All right, Emma. Emma, we are heading to go see Papa and Nana. How excited, how excited are you? How excited? What are you gonna do at Papa and Nana's? Eat breakfast? That's what you're gonna do at Papa and Nana's? Yeah. Okay, sweet. Well, I'm glad you're so excited. I wanna point out, we do feed our kid breakfast. I don't know what it is about Papa and Nana's house, but I'm telling you, it's even the little things. Papa and Nana's house, things she's excited about, breakfast. And she's just so pumped for it. Every day she goes to school, she's always asking, hey, Daddy, what are we doing tomorrow? What are we doing tomorrow? She needs to know so that she can get excited about that thing. And so I know for me, and my wife has experienced this as well, we go into our daycare, and there are parents walking out, and they kind of put together that Emma is our child, and we get to go, hey, I just wanted to let you know, we talk about Emma at the dinner table all the time. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> but as I've kind of watched, like as I'm leaving, I'm kind of watching her playing on the jungle gym or whatever, she is just excited about life. Every time we come to pick her up, it's, mommy and daddy are here. It's so exciting. And so she has just left this, and it's obviously kind of catching on and being contagious because all of the people around her, all these little kids are like, Emma's got joy. She's so excited to be around. And that's my daughter. If you ever run into her, that is her in a nutshell. She's just full of this. But then you got the other person. There is a skit 
by SNL. If you don't know what that means, that is Saturday Night Live. Who's called Debbie Downer? <laughs> now, if you haven't seen this skit, you'll enjoy this. But for those of you who have, you will enjoy this as well. Um, to where this character is known for just taking every kind of exciting moment and just making it somewhat sad or depressing. So I have a video for you just so you can see the opposite here. So watch this video. Good morning. Welcome to the Mickey's Breakfast Jamboree. My name is Billiam, and I'll be serving you today. You guys here on a special occasion? Well, we're here on that new Magical Gatherings family package. Got the whole Matusik clan down from Ohio. Right, guys? Say hi. Hi! Well, great. Let me tell you Mickey specials today. We've got steak and eggs served with some home fries and Mickey waffles. Woo! I love me some steak and eggs. <laughs> Ever since they found mad cow disease in the U.S., I'm not taking any chances. It can live in your body for years before it ravages your brain. <laughs> There you go. I think it was a pretty genius idea of a skit, and they have done so many of those. So if you're like, hey, I want to watch more of that, please, you can go find it on YouTube or SNL, wherever you want to look. But I think now you see the extremes. You see my daughter, who some of you are like, I don't want to be like that. That's a little too crazy. But then we all don't want to be Debbie Downer either. So how do we have this joy? How do we have this joy inside of us that is just kind of, it's there. People can see it. It's evident. And not only that, it brings life to our own life. And so I hope you recognize this, though. Joy at the center of it is a choice. It is a choice waking up and be like, I choose to be full of joy. Now, this isn't going to be some self-help message of just like, hey, just get up next morning and choose joy. I, I understand there are some deeper elements to this, and we're going to dig into that. But the first start of it is choosing joy. And saying, okay, I wake up today knowing that there are some good things about my life. There are good things happening. The fact that I'm breathing, it's good. See, it's a choice. It starts there. But if we want to get into the deeper side of it, then it comes, okay, there's a source to your joy. And that's where it becomes critical. Because I noticed this recently where I was, we got a new house probably four or five years ago. And this house had a little playground in the back of it for the kids, and on top of it, it had this big tree in the backyard. And it was perfect, because it shaded the playground, and it shaded just this big area, and I loved it, being able to go out there. And I'm just a person, I grew up in Kansas, there was always plenty of trees, and it was just awesome. Come here to South Dakota, trees are a little bit less. Um, but, so this tree is just awesome, and, and great. But over the last four years, through the storms that have happened, whether it's an ice storm, whether it's a snowstorm, or new that I learned, a windstorm that happens in South Dakota quite often, this tree has kind of gotten beat up. And so there came this point to where I was looking and watching this tree kind of slowly where you see the branches aren't budding leaves anymore. And I'm kind of going, oh man, I, 
I hope, okay, it will recover. It will make it through. And I tried to water it, tried to give it the sources that it needed, and eventually got to a point to where 70 to 80% of it, branches were just empty. No leaves, nothing. And the crazy part was in our neighborhood, there's other trees like it. They were doing the exact same thing. So it was like these storms of recent had really taken a toll on these trees. And here's what happened. It's, you can see it's like through these storms, somehow the source that it needed, like this water going to where it needed to go, got cut off. And so now this tree is slowly dying. And so I look at this and I go, what if that's an example for our lives? To where joy can be like that water that needs to come through and, and makes everything bud and makes life happen. But it, like this tree, somehow the source had gotten cut off because whether it's the storms of life that you've walked through, there's some bitterness that is there, and now you can see there's parts of you that are bitter and hollow because the joy is gone. See, I, I kind of put it this way, joy is, is like water. And we know what water does. It's life-giving, we need it. It can be so refreshing, especially on a hot day. It can be healing. I mean, you know, I mean, water is critical to us as human beings. It's, it's needed. Well, what if joy is the same, especially when it comes to maybe our spiritual lives, our emotional lives, mental lives? And joy is, is like water. But think about it. Go back to that tree example. Just like anything, water has to come from a source. So it either is coming from, because I've got a sprinkler system, and so I was like, all right, I, it's either coming from some lake or some kind of big water area. Or it's coming from the fact that rain has come down. See, water has got to come from a source. And see, joy is the exact same way. It has to come from a source. And so I look at our world today, and I would say there's probably three or four areas that you can think of where joy can come from. It can be you. Maybe you've set some goals in life. Maybe you've done some things and you're, you've accomplished them and that created joy. Uh, maybe it's circumstances. Life is just going well. You can't explain it. It's great. And maybe that's your source of joy. And then there's God. Or maybe it's the world. You've got all these different areas that can be sources. But just like we've seen, I think most of us, but when those things get cut off, I've seen it to where someone had a relationship with God, but then that relationship broke down. God didn't answer the way they wanted him to. God didn't come through the way they wanted to. That relationship, that source now breaks, and then you see the joy begin to fade. That relationship that someone had, maybe the circumstances, a job, whatever, and all of a sudden that falls apart. Joy begins to leave. Maybe what you used to set as goals, now you're kind of plateauing in life and you're going, man, life is not going the way I want it to anymore. I don't feel like I'm accomplishing as much as I used to. And that source is broken now. So you can see once the source breaks, we break. I mean, think about this. You've seen it happen. Someone is so excited about life so excited about what's going on. But then six months, years later, whatever the case may be, that source somehow got broken. That joy has somehow disappeared. 
So how do we maintain that joy? Because my daughter, she's four. She hasn't had enough life experience to life storms yet. Right now, life is easy. She doesn't have to pay bills. I mean, she doesn't have to worry about food, doesn't have to worry about caring for somebody else. She tries to, because she's got a brother and sister. Eh, we're working on that. But you, I mean, her worries in life are so slim. But we know as adults, teenagers, man, there becomes a lot more. And these moments start to happen where it feels like our source of joy is breaking. And so how do we learn to have joy in all circumstances? Because according to the Bible, God says we can. Look at this in 1 Thessalonians. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. I mean, always be joyful. Some of us walking in here, you're like, mm, not today. Mm -mm. You don't know what happened. I cannot be joyful today. But God's saying, no, 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 always be joyful. Because I remind you, joy is a decision. It's not a, just a feeling. Because I think a feeling has more to do with happiness. But if we are choosing to be joyful, it comes down to, okay, where is our source in this? And so I think here's the main thing that we struggle with having joy in all circumstances. I call it the thirsty trap. Now, for those of you who don't know me well, here's a little tidbit about me. If you ever invite me to go to dinner, lunch, wherever, the waiter and waitress, I kind of, I'm kind of a trap for them. I know that may sound weird, but here's why. I always get water. I love drinking water. It's just a thing that I do. But I drink it very quickly. And so the poor waiter and waitress that has to deal with me, I always am like, man, if you can keep up with me, tip is a coming because that is impressive. Because I just chugged through it. I remember the first date <laughs> Tina and I went on. She's like, calm down. Are you okay? I just, I'm like, I like water. I drink it. And now that we've been married for a while, she just kind of warns the waiter and waitress, like, hey, heads up. He's going to drink a lot of water so you can keep up. And even starts kind of telling, like, hey, we got too much ice in that cup, you know, that kind of deal. And so that's just me. I am this. So there, <laughs> I just, I love water. And I am always thirsty. But you look at this and you take this into life. Yes, it's a need being thirsty, but what about even thirsting after all the other things? This constant chase for stuff. And yes, I understand we talked, had a moment where we talked about being content. Yes, but there are things that we chase after that aren't bad. Thirsting after your relationships to grow is actually good. Chasing after and thirsting after your love to get stronger, maybe in a marriage or family or friends or even God, that's good. But you can understand, thirst can also get into other areas too. It can get into the material world. I'm thirsting after this certain relationship. I'm thirsting after success. I'm thirsting after this job. Thirsting after these things that define me. And you can even get to, I'm thirsting after a certain religion so I can know the truth. Whatever the case may be, but it can become a trap. Because we're constantly thirsting after these things, but it's never satisfying us. And so Jesus dealt with this. He dealt with this in a story in the Bible that we read where he met a woman at a well. And so here's to set up the story. Here's what happened. 
Jesus and his disciples are leaving Judea and going to Galilee. Well, the normal route that most Jews would have taken is this long route to avoid Samaria because Samaria is right in the middle of there. And so to walk from Judea to Galilee, you would have to walk through there. But most Jews walked around it because they hated the Samaritans, hated everything about that country. And so there was a ton of racism that was going on during this time. They, Jews saw them as lesser people. And so Jesus did something very unique. He just goes, no, we're going to walk through it. We're going to walk straight through it. It's a shorter route. We're going to do it. And so he's walking through Samaria, stops at this place called Sychar, and he's at a well because they're all kind of thirsty. And Jesus is like, hey, disciples, go get some food. I'm going to stay here and kind of rest a little bit. And so this woman comes up in the middle of the day. Now, there's a few things you need to understand about that. The fact that she's coming up at the middle of the day tells you that she is some kind of outcast to this community. Because normally she would have went with all the other ladies in town, either in the morning or at night, normally when they would go. And so the fact that she's going in the middle of the afternoon by herself tells us a lot about maybe kind of what's going on in her life or how she's been treated in this community. And so Jesus sees her and speaks up and is like, hey, can, can you get me a drink? And I want you to just look at this conversation that they have because he's dealing with the thirsty trap. So look at this. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. You could see even the racism that was going on. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. Interesting statement back. Uh, but sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket. I love how real she is. <laughs> She's like, you're not going to be able to get it. I get, all right. And she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestors Jacob, who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Now, you may be wondering, okay, who's this Jacob guy? What is she talking about? Well, I think she started to pick up on what Jesus was talking about. He's, she's like, okay, you're not just talking about the water in this well. I mean, she seems pretty smart. She's picking up in this conversation. She's like, okay, are you talking about maybe the spiritual water or something? And she's like, okay, well, here's what I believe. I believe in Jacob. He's a patriarch of my faith. And, and really, if you want to understand it, believed a lot in the Old Testament. And so Jesus is coming, and, and she's going, you think you're greater than, than all of them? You think your water is better than what I believe in? Almost kind of saying like, okay, what I believe, God, you think what you have to offer is better. Almost hitting at that source. Because she's pointing out like, this has been my source and you think you're, you are a better source. And so Jesus responds. Jesus replied. Can we go back to that slide, please? Because he did not reply with that. <laughs> All right. I'll read it. Here we go. Oh, there it is. Okay, thanks. Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again, pointing out the thirsty trap. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. 
It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. See, Jesus is pointing out, like, hey, you're, gonna ch- you're chasing after things. And he even point, it can even be religion. It can be so many different things that we want to chase after, that we thirst after. And he goes, you may get a taste of it. And I think some of us in here can say, I've tasted success. And I wanted more. I thirsted for more. I got the dream job. I wanted more. I've got the dream family, the dream marriage. And you would think I would be satisfied. But I'm not. And Jesus' point is like, you're going to thirst again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. See, Jesus is going out, like, if you want to break this thirsty trap, you've got to be willing to believe that maybe I am the best source you've got. And so here's kind of the way I put it. Our joy must come from the right source. Because with everybody listening, we may have a ton of different people pulling from different sources. But do you know if it's the right source? Because I would tell you this. If your source keeps having you to come back and come back and come back so that you can find joy, don't know if that's the best source. Jesus is saying, this source I offer, myself, is sustainable, regardless of the circumstances, good or bad. I can give you joy in all circumstances. Just got to be willing to believe. Because the right source is critical to be able to have joy on a consistent level. Well, let's go back to the story. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again. I won't have to come here to get water. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. Now, that is just a weird statement, right? I mean, if you just read the Bible and sometimes you could read through that, you're like, wait, what? But I'll finish it and I'll explain kind of where he's going. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband for you have five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you are living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Now, if you go back to the beginning, that woman is pointing out She's like, I think like all of us would have responded. She's like, listen, Jesus, if you've got this amazing water that can keep me from coming back up here every day, I would love it. Because I'll be honest, this circumstance is kind of a little annoying. I hate this task, doing it every day. But if you've got this water where I don't have to come out here, this need that I have, if you can take care of it, oh, that would be amazing. But Jesus then goes, But I actually want to talk about something deeper. I want to talk about your life. So that you're not having to thirst, not only just for this water that you need, but so much, it's bigger than that. That's why he says, go get your husband. Because he was curious, are you going to be honest with me? Are you going to tell me what's really going on in your life? And then we find out, five husbands. Find out even the one she's with right now, she's not even married to. You can tell she is chasing after. She is thirsty to find the right relationship. And it seems like every relationship is not satisfying. And Jesus is like, no, no, no. You see, I'm getting at the bigger stuff. And see, too often, we ask God to change our circumstances. 
But God is asking us to change our source. Think that, about that for a little bit. Let that sink in, because this hit me hard. Too often, if you think about your prayers, or if you think about your conversations with God, or even just your thoughts about God, it's mostly God fix mine or our circumstances. And God's going, can we change your source first? Because I want to deal with the bigger issue. I want to deal with this joy that you can have forever in your life. Not just because I fix this little thing. And so too often we get stuck in the circumstances. And so think of it this way. The critical decision, the critical decision to having joy is choosing God as your source over your circumstances. This is the how-to right here. And I know it's not easy. Because when circumstances get bad, when the world throws you a curveball, life is up in the air, you don't know what's going on. Choosing God to be your source is sometimes hard. It's very, very difficult. But are you willing to make it? Because I would tell you this, because I've experienced this, because I know for me, in my life, being able to have joy and some of the difficult circumstances was so refreshing. I needed it. It helped me laugh when life was hurting. Helped me love when I didn't feel like I wanted to. Because there was this part of me that was going, I got to make this decision to let God be my source. Because here's what it does. You think about it. If you allow God to be your source, you will always have joy because think about this. Jesus Christ went to the cross and died for you and rose from the grave so that sin is conquered and death is conquered. That never changes. And you can always have joy no matter what day it is, no matter where you are, no matter what's happening. Because Jesus conquered those things, he goes, that source never changes, regardless of what happens in life. And so to me, that's where it becomes powerful. And I've seen people, not only in my own life, but in others, who've had joy in the good and the bad, and it's all centered around what Jesus Christ did for them. And that's what Jesus was trying to do with this woman. Trying to teach her to have joy in all circumstances, and to not only that, you can change your life. And learn to experience joy on a whole nother level. So go back to that first Thessalonians. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. The way that we always have joy comes down to this right here. Do we belong to Christ Jesus? Do we have a relationship with him? Is he our source, our rock, our refuge? Because if he is, then joy will come to us every time. Because we can think back and go, he died for me. He conquered sin for me. And even though I'm in these good circumstances or bad circumstances, I can choose to have joy. I can choose to be excited for what God is doing in my life and the people around me. So, do you belong to Christ Jesus? Maybe for some of you, it's you need to change your source. 
and let Jesus Christ start a relationship with him for the first time. So that's why I say, walking this out, you gotta check your source. Because for some of you, you may have never thought of that. Never thought about what source is actually giving me joy. But now you gotta go, I've gotta go check it. I gotta go evaluate it. Because this is, look what happened to the woman. Here's what happened. The woman left her water jar besides the well and ran back to the village, telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? You see this new excitement. And I feel like that exclamation point right there. Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. She's just like, what? This is crazy. He told me everything. He is my source now. This guy, this guy could be real. He could be the Messiah. And I've seen this excitement before. When you see the source change, when you see someone accept Christ, you see the relationship start, there becomes this excitement. There becomes this joy because of what Jesus is showing them and teaching them. And it's powerful. So you see this woman, she checked her source and even changed it. What about for you? Have you checked your source? Do you know where your joy comes from? Because I know for me, being a Christian now for probably over 10 years, 12 years, I look at this and go, wow, like one of the crazy things that I've learned is I have to constantly remind myself of who my source is. Because the first part of it was making that decision to follow Jesus. And I remember that being in high school. But now... It's kind of like, okay, how am I remembering who my source is? Because let's be honest, we can go through life and sometimes forget. So sometimes the best way to check your source is do this. Create reminders of God being your source. I know for me, this was, I saw this recently, and it was a big part of just me kind of having just a joy-filled day. Because I was looking back through pictures because I was moving some things over from one computer to another. And there were old pictures from when I first started working here and, and leading the student ministry. And I just sat there and went like, God, I remember those days. I remember the coaching you gave me. I remember you teaching me and, and me being so scared of, of how you were going to work through this, how you're going to do this, but then seeing this confidence grow and seeing the, the ministry become what it is. And I even took pictures when we started the East location so I could look back and be like, God, you have started so many amazing things at this church. You have done so many amazing things in my life, even in moments with family or with my wife, just taking those pictures and being, God, I'm thankful so that I can look back and when those bad days are there, because they happen, I can go, God, thank you for being there. Thank you for being my source. The other thing I do besides take pictures is I journal. I will write down just thoughts that I have, um, conversations I feel like God and I are having, just so I can remember and look back and even hope to someday share them with my kids and be like, here's what God was teaching me throughout the years. So that way I don't forget who my source is. And so are you creating reminders in your life to where you can remember how good God is? So check your source and create those reminders. Here's the last part of it. Share your joy. I know this sounds so simple, but it's a critical piece to it. Look what this, the effect of this woman in this town. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, 
He told me everything I ever did. She went down to that village, started sharing, this guy, he, did, he told me all this. And all of a sudden, these people were like, wow, he knew everything? Because remember, she was an outcast. There was a long story there. And because of her willingness to share, other people got to experience Jesus. Think about this. Other people got to experience this life-giving source that created joy in their lives. See, we have this responsibility since God is wanting to give us this abundant life because that's really what the thirsty trap is all about, finding that perfect, satisfying, abundant life. And Jesus goes, I'll promise it to you. I can show you how to do this, but you've got to be willing to share it with others. You've got to be willing to have other people in your life even show you that joy. Because here's the danger if we don't, and I, I want to give you a picture of it. It's the Dead Sea. And it's the name of it, Dead Sea. If we don't share our joy, it can kind of start to kill us on the inside, start to eat at us. So this is how the Dead Sea works. The reason it's called the Dead Sea is it's got 10 times the amount of salt as the ocean does. Think about that, 10 times the amount. I've been in the ocean and actually got a little water in my mouth. It was disgusting. So you think about 10 times that, I'd be like, oh, gosh. But it's 10 times the amount, and it's pretty much no sea life can exist because it's so salty. But the reason I show you this picture is the reason that it is that way is because it's landlocked. There is no bigger body of water flowing into it and the Dead Sea is not flowing out anywhere. And so what is happening is you see this part over here, they're starting to mine it now and, and use it for the properties of salt. So it's quickly, well, I would say slowly, evaporating. And that's, someday, the Dead Sea will be done. So you think about the name, the Dead Sea, it's just fascinating to me that God kind of give us this picture of being like, hey, make sure that we're sharing our joy because that connection into someone else's world is important in sharing it. And I can prove it to you because there's a story recently that kind of got me thinking all about this joy concept. Because there was a student who recently did something that spoke volumes to me. I was blown away by what she did. So we have a crew that's going to the Philippines. There's 13 students and three leaders. And so we've been meeting, um, we're getting ready, we're heading off here in the, the end of July. And, and so this student, she's, she's actually not part of the group that's going. But I've, I've watched her kind of grow and, and her relationship with God, man, it is, it's on fire. She loves God. And you can see it in just how she talks, her actions. And so just because she was just so excited we were going, so full of joy that we were going to be able to go help people over in the Philippines, she wrote letters to all of us individually. And on top of that, for every student that went, she gave $10. So that was 13 students. That's 130 bucks. That's a lot for a teenager. Because she was like, I want to help. Because the students had to raise some money to go on this mission trip. And I will never forget handing them out to the kids, handing them out to the leaders, and seeing their reaction. There was just 
just this kind of awe of like, seriously? She wrote this for everybody? She gave me 10 bucks? I mean, there was one girl that was like, I wanna go give her a hug. She shared that joy, that source that she had of God just wanting to, man, there's so many things I'm excited about and I wanna share this with you and, and, and team, I'm so excited that you're going and I'll be praying for you. That was pretty much her note. And it changed for us just the dynamic of just that moment of just being like, we needed that. To recognize what God is doing in this moment. So I encourage you, I hope you see the power of what joy can do and the power of sharing it. But let's go back. We have to start by having the right source. And I truly believe the best source that you'll ever have for joy is having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Letting God be your rock. Letting God be your refuge. Letting God be your strength and your source. And so let, let me ask you a few questions. Who is your source? And maybe you need to change it. Maybe you need to check it. Because maybe for some of you, this is the first time you're like, I need that. I need God in my life. No one has ever explained joy to me like this. And I need that. For some of you, you may need to wrestle with, when's the last time you shared joy? When's the last time you told someone just how excited you are about what God is doing in your life? Because we need to do that. And the last question is simply this, do you have joy? church, I want so badly for everyone to experience what it's like to have God's joy in your life, to where it is coming from this source of love and grace. When you think about the fact that he was willing to die for us, feels a grace so powerful, feels a love that we don't understand and a love that we don't deserve. And that's where our joy can come from. And so I hope today you leave going, God, thank you. And may I share it with someone else. Or maybe today you start this journey of understanding what, it's, what it means to have a relationship with joy. And I hope that we will all learn to be joy givers, just like that student was have an impact on the people around us, but recognize the impact is coming from what God is doing in us. Let me pray for us. Dear God, I thank you so much for giving us joy. God, we recognize it's a choice. It begins there, but God, may we also realize that the joy comes from the source that we pick. And so, Lord, may we choose to let you be our source so that we can experience joy at all times. Whether good or bad circumstances, God, may we experience joy because we have you as our source. And so, Lord, we thank you for being a God that loves and cares enough about us that you said, I want you to have an abundant life. And so that's what you want for us. And so you give us this ability to experience joy in a powerful way. And so, Lord, I pray that from here on out, we begin to experience joy in a different way, in a different light. 
May you change our lives. And God, may you lead us and guide us. And so Lord, I pray that you would be with us as we go. And I pray that you would do a miraculous work in all of our hearts and teach us how to have joy in all circumstances. I pray this in your name.